Well, hello and welcome everybody back to another episode, show number 18 of the Kubuntu podcast. I'm Rick Timmis and joining me today, as usual, is my friend and co-host Ovidiu Bogdan. How are you, my friend? Hello, Rick. I'm glad to finally see you again. It's been some time. I guess you've been with the family again? Yes, uh, yeah, I was, uh, there was uh, obviously school holidays just uh, a week ago, mm. uh, kept me a bit busy, and um, and uh, so whenever the family are about, I have to be running around with the children, etc., and um, and then I don't know where the time goes, I know we did, of course, we did do two shows about two weeks apart, didn't we, last time? Yeah, so of course, it was a very tight schedule last time due to Academy and all kinds of other events, so it was and, very tight for us. So, uh, so it feels, but it does. It feels like a long time. It feels like I haven't seen you for ages, and of course, we've been quite quiet on Telegram. But uh, so it's good to see you, and uh, it's good to be back on the show. Um, good to see you back. Now, okay, uh, so let let's get started with the actual show. So, Rick, if you want to start, what have you been up to this past time? Mm, okay, so. Um, well, a uh, little bit after the last show, I got the opportunity to go to London. Now, I was uh, sent to London on business, but I was able to tie up there with going to a community meetup for the London Linux meetup. So um, they arrange uh, a meetup every third Wednesday. So it's not every third Wednesday in the month, but on a rolling cycle, every third Wednesday. And they... Um, they meet at the City York Public House in Chancery Lane, which is right in the centre of the City of London. Uh, and it's a really nice pub, actually. Oldie worldy, medieval, uh, you know, from from like the 15th century with all big wooden walls. And it's got a cellar bar downstairs and uh, they do food and stuff like this. So I thought, well, any excuse to go to the pub, really. So, uh, so I thought, right, I'll go meet up with these guys. So I met up with uh, a really great bunch of guys and girls there. Um, Chris Rogers uh, and his friend Kevin, uh, they're the guys that kind of run and organize the meetup. Uh, met up with another chap called JJ there who was um, really, really enthusiastic Linux guy. I mean, a bouncing off the walls kind of Ubuntu guy. When I showed him my Ubuntu tablet and my Ubuntu phones and stuff, he was, he was bouncing around all over the place. He couldn't couldn't believe it and um they've got a really good meetup going on there uh there were about 20 people there in the evening uh, a couple of girls as well a young lady called zana arrived a little bit late uh, but that was good to see as well you know that it wasn't just you know all um, all guys there it was a good mix of people and a good range of age groups as well and uh, run by a really friendly bunch of guys so they really took good care of me um I obviously went with my Kubuntu community manager hat on. So I was talking all about Kubuntu and telling them about the uh, podcast. And uh, I think one of the guys is going to come on the show and do uh, some graphics and design stuff for us. <laughs> so uh, that was that was really good fun doing that. Um, and uh, I really enjoyed talking to those guys. And if I get an opportunity again uh, when I'm up in London, I'll try and tie up with another one of their meets uh, and go and catch up with those guys. It was really great fun. Um, in between that, I have uh, been wrangling with Google Plus, and I think we talked just earlier on. Um, yeah, the, Google the ch Plus is changing everything again. Yeah, and it's just getting, you can't find the events page now to schedule the events for the show and all so, this kind of stuff. So uh, it looks the, like there. 
just to bring everybody up to date, uh, we, I mean the Kubuntu podcast group, uh, have been always has been using from the beginning uh, Google Plus as our main contact place where people can get in touch with us and where we organize the events and where we publicize when the show is scheduled and when you can join us live, where when you can watch it, where you can watch it, and all, all those details and the show notes as well. And we've moved part of that to our own website regarding the show notes. And we still kept the event part into Google+. But right now, Google+, has a new interface. And you can find everything you have, you wanted. Ev- no. How did they formulate? You just you said it earlier. that Oh, you yeah. There's everything a- in the new interface or something like that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Google Google Classic is going away. But don't worry. Check out our new Google Plus interface where you'll find all of your stuff. And half of the stuff is missing. <laughs> the events yeah. is missing. Uh, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's missing. But the and most important after, one for us is the events calendar yeah, and, and being able to schedule that, stuff. After they announced that, they announced that, oh, yeah, and the events part is g- g- being deprecated and is going away. So, sorry. And that's Google for you. So, um, so anyway, but, but we've known for a while now, and I think we've talked in the Kubuntu community about, about centering our community around kubuntu.org, around our website. And uh, there's a vision from the Kubuntu Council and the rest of the team. Uh, there's a, a drive there to, to work on developing and growing the website and putting more and more of what we're doing as a community on that website and making it available so i think the plan is that uh, we will move our podcast schedule into some kind of diarized calendar um that we'll put up on the website and we'll keep that up to date there so people can go and find out about it we'll still post on google plus let people know about our shows and we'll give you invites to the links links to the show etc yeah, but uh, there won't be just posts there won't be any events where you can confirm that you're joining or not or people to be invited we'll just post and publicize on social media and the chats and every everywhere that the the show is happening and you will ha- give be given a link to a calendar or some page on our website where you will see everything about it I yeah, that's uh, that's our safest bet for that. I think so, and and I, I'm I'm personally happy happier with us centering around um, around the website because there's a lot goes on there, the news and the downloads and all of the other things that we've got going on there, and the more that we can flesh that out, uh, the better I think. So that sounds pretty good. Um, so that and of course. And the other thing that I've been doing in the background, whenever I've had some spare time, I've been continuing to work on this Kubuntu packaging guide, which uh, obviously we've got the Kubuntu documentation that I'm working on, and we've added a section in there for Kubuntu packaging. So you've got the user guide and the packages guide, which is not released yet, but that's what I've been working on with Aaron. Uh, so I've done a lot more work on that, and it's closing in. I'm getting there. Um, and so I'm hoping that uh, in... Uh, in the not too distant future, um, I'll have that finished, and then I can put that out in front of the developers and let those guys do a review of it and have a look, and then hopefully I'll get that released, and then from there I'll come back to starting the Kubuntu uh, dojos again and uh, the developer training. Uh, so that's me, Ovi. That's what I've been up to. Um, you know, reasonably busy, but quite quiet in the community. How about yourself? Uh. So I've 
I've tried to not be that quiet in the community because I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want to leave Kubuntu. Uh, I I, I want to join and be there and help the developers and all that. Uh, but it's hard for me to help the developers since I'm not very knowledgeable about all the packaging. So I'm trying to help with support and whatever. And one of the main things that I found to be an issue right now is a lack of an, well, an improvement of our current Kubuntu manifesto. And for that, I've organized a Kubuntu vision meeting, which I would like to talk about probably in the news or sometime, uh, what we discussed there and what's what's going to happen in the future. We just had part one of the meeting because uh, we had many things to cover. Uh, all the Kubuntu users, contributors, everybody's invited to join in and give give us their feedback. And okay, I'll just get back to what we discussed and what uh, we pl plan to keep on discussing and how what are the conclusions we came to. And besides that, I've also uh, another thing that I've been involved in lately is Coder Dojo. If you've heard about that, if not, it's an international event, if I can, it's an international project where tech people can come and volunteer to teach kids about programming, about technology, prob probably about uh, electronics, and maybe about some uh, mechanical stuff. So basically technology in any sense. And I've been mentoring in my city, and I've been teaching kids uh, how to program in Scratch for the beginners and more advanced people. I'm teaching them C++, and right now we are diving into C++ a bit on our way to building some tiny robots that they can have fun with. Oh, wow, that sounds really good and very rewarding. Um, did you have many people turn up to your particular group? Well, in my particular in my city, uh, the IT community is very reduced because we have a huge IT industry happening 60 kilometers south of us, and most of most everybody is just going over there. So there are very few companies I can I think I can count the IT companies on my two hands uh, in my yeah. city, and on, in the other city there are more than 1,000 companies. So. There's a very reduced population of IT enthusiasts in, in my city. So because of that, we have just two mentors and we have about uh, almost 20 kids. Wow, so that, so, that's actually really good. Yeah, that's really good compared to the other city where they have, I think, 40 or 60 or something like that. At well, least. do you know, over here in the UK... We uh, we have uh, an event called Code Club, which is for kids. So it'll be more or less the same thing as Code Dojo, uh, where we teach them Scratch and then we teach them Python. Um, and we also have these Raspberry Pi clubs. Uh, the code the Code clubs, um, you don't get twenty kids turn up to them. You'll get you know five or six uh, that all turn up to those. It's less. Right now we have them split in two groups. One are the beginner group and one's the advanced group. And with the advanced group, I'm just going to play around with Arduinos and try to build everything from the Arduino. I have some uh, chips here, which I can show you. I have some AT Tinies, which oh, yes. we, plan, we plan to, if you've been following me on any social media, you've seen I've made a homemade shield for Arduino so we can program my AT Tinies. 
and we plan to build those robots using just 80 tinies using Arduino. So just C++ and I'm trying to build in advance all the modules so that the kids know just by taking this, plug it in there and connect this and that and that's how it works. So that's what I'm trying to achieve. So okay, well that sounds... That's it for Coder Dojo so far. Uh, right now we're trying, we're switching uh, places, we're switching venues because of some reasons. Uh, I don't want to dive into them right now with not important. Mm -hmm. Okay. And right now we're uh, being hosted at a school, so we're hoping being that we're by being in that school, uh, more kids will join, and hopefully more mentors trying to bring more IT professionals in. But since there are not so many in the city, I don't have great expectations. Well, um, it certainly sounds positive. De very positive uh, what you've said so far about what's going on and I, I'm sure that and you know it's going to be I don't think you can get a better investment of time than um, getting young people into interested in technology and interested in computer programming and understanding uh, that kind of stuff uh, because there is just so much that is gonna happen and can be done and those kids have such a lot of potential now with with the the, the wide um gamut of things that you can do with technology now so uh, i think i'm absolutely convinced ovi that that's time well spent for sure okay right yeah. well it's about time that we shifted off before we get into the news um so let me just do a gentle segue shift but before I do that, I just want to make a mention to the wonderful folks at Big Blue Button, uh, the conference suite that we're using, uh, which is designed primarily for schools and education establishments, actually. Um, so um, this may well be something that or groups like Coda Dojo and Code Club could take advantage of. And if you want to do that, then uh, uh, do a search for Big Blue Button or go over to their website, bigbluebutton.org. But um, those of you that have attended the Kubuntu parties or have seen, uh, you'll have seen our Big Blue Button conference in online education service here. And of course, watching the podcast, you'd see that the tool that we use with video conferencing, audio presentation, screen sharing, whiteboards, as well as chat rooms, etc. So everything you need to create a online video conference solution and we're really grateful to uh, Fred Dixon and the team at bigbluebutton.org um, for providing this hosted solution for us here at Kubuntu and it's been really useful for us guys in the community so do go out and check their website out bigbluebutton.org and let them know that the Kubuntu podcast guys sent you over good stuff all right there's the first one if anybody's counting <laughs> all right so, Kubuntu news. Well, the good news, of course, One Ovi, is that... Before, before, before we go, Rick, mm. Rick, sure. can you hear me? I can hear you. Before we go into the, before we go into the news, uh, can I get some feedback, please, from the community that everything is okay with the YouTube stream? Because my computers, I have no idea why, but it's lagging like crazy right now. So, uh, can someone please type in... In, I prefer in big blue button right now because I'm trying to close everything to see why is it lagging like this. This is completely not normal. Now, Gavin says YouTube is Rick, okay. Still, still here? 
I'm still here. Yes, I am. Okay, that's good. My CPU, my CPU is over the roof, and I have no idea what's eating that much. My hard drive is crunching like crazy, so that's why I'm asking: Is everything working okay? People can still see because I have no idea what's happening. Okay, so well, Gavin says YouTube well, is okay, and here is OBS okay. Is eating too. a lot of memory. Okay, so well, maybe we uh, maybe we don't want to do a technical diversion right now. But what I will do okay. is I will Thank fill, you. I will fill briefly for a moment whilst we uh, while the movie catches up. Just a short part, so that. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All right. So, um, well, of course, uh, one you. Yeah. Uh, Listeners may well notice or have uh, kind of understood that uh, we are missing, we're missing a musketeer this evening. Um, of course, our uh, compadre, mi amico, um, Aaron uh, Honeycutt, is not here this evening. Unfortunately, perhaps due to uh, time zone changes and things like that, he was not able to make the show this evening. Now, he was disappointed but not as disappointed as we are uh, to have him not here because it's always harder uh, to do this show when you haven't got the whole group of the presenters here so i don't know about uh, oh, i don't know about you Ovi, but i'm i'm kind of missing aaron already i'm there's sections that he should have filled and been here for and of course he's not but one of the things that i did want to congratulate him on which you'll have to watch the youtube video for this is of course in recent times Aaron's taken over the audio and video production of the podcast. And uh, so he's been packaging up the shows and doing the editing and uh, putting them up onto the RSS feeds and the podcast feeds and everything else. I've been doing a really sterling job uh, of doing doing that. And uh, so I didn't want that to go unnoticed or unnoted. Um, obviously, you know, people in the community have done that before but uh, i've been unable to do that so aaron stepped up to the plate as he does because he's a stalwart in our kubuntu community and does lots and lots of things for us so he's now got involved in doing the podcast production and we're really grateful uh, for him for doing that all right so well in kubuntu news um we've got some news updates for you of course since the last show we have been able to release uh, Kubuntu 16.10 Yakety Yak. That's the latest release, and um, I've got some bits. Uh, I've got some links in the show notes to the release notes. I'm just going to jump over to those now and have a quick look. Um, uh, so the release notes basically say designed to be a brief. Yeah, you are you are you back now, Ovi? I was kind of stepping into your boots, but if you can uh, give us an overview overview of the release notes and uh, what we've got in sixteen ten, that'd be great. I mate. think. Well, I I'll try uh, if uh, for I'll okay I'll try watching the Telegram channel if by some mistake I get interrupted. Please let me know because I probably won't see it. Okay, well, I've got the Telegram channel on another machine oh, uh, here, so I've got it. Okay, perfect. So the release notes for Kubuntu 16.10. Uh, the like, I'm gonna try to get some inspiration from Rick right now. Titled "Designed to Be a Breeze: 
Plasma 5 is now even further improved. Good stuff. Good stuff, Ovi. That is awesome, man. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, so fantastic. So go download it. That's okay. what we want, want so, you to do. Uh, to continue with all the details. Okay, so what's new in uh, 1610 so, or yakety yak? What's new? So we have now KDE Applications 1604.3 uh, Plasma version. What's happening here? All good here. You sound good. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. Remember, it's a live show. Well, it will be. <laughs> well, it's kind Maybe of a live show. We interrupt this show to bring you a small interlude while we have some technical difficulties. Uh, here's some music for your entertainment. Do -do 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 -do. <laughs> have you fixed it, Ovi? Is that a window behind you? Because if it is, if you just open the window and throw no, your computer. Uh, apparently, OBS. Apparently, OBS is eating all my RAM, and when I say all, I mean everything. It's just sucking everything in, and I cannot even move my mouse around, so I'm completely stuck. Okay, so, uh, well, so, uh, maybe... Uh, Aaron, please cut this part out, because uh, I I'm ashamed of myself. No, leave it in, Aaron. I like to see Ovi sweating. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay so i'll try to get back <laughs> back here back on track here okay so uh kubuntu 1610 comes with kd applications 1604.3 kd frameworks 5.26.0 and plasma plasma 5.7.5 so those are the versions there now, we also have in the release notes some instructions on how to get to Kubuntu 16.10 and how you can upgrade from 16.04 or other Plasma 5 uh, releases. There. I've covered it somewhat. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, so... so well, OBS can... is eating all my RAM. I have I have no idea what I can do or not. I've got this funny vision of this, like, kind of bubbly OBS type creature sort of scurrying around in your box going yum 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 eating all your RAM <laughs> but of course I'm lagging now where you are because so um, well it's the eating 80% time... of it well that's not all of it it's left you 20% ah, don't worry that's plenty Linux kernel will schedule it all and deal with it don't worry we... just don't keep clicking buttons and giving it more jobs to do just leave the computer alone. Don't don't touch it. Don't click the mouse. Just just leave it. Leave it. Ovi, leave it. <laughs> yeah, but even even if I'm talking, you will hear a delay because of that. You can't even hear me when I'm talking. You'll hear me after five seconds or something. Yeah, but I don't notice that because it sounds like yeah. you're talking in okay. real time. So. Yeah, but I start talking while 
you're not talking and then you start talking and then you hear me talking and you stop talking. So Aaron, please cut all this part out of the final show because I don't know what not to cut up. Okay, next in the Kubuntu news, I wanted to cover the Kubuntu vision meeting. Great. So Let's do we that. had yesterday. Yesterday was the Kubuntu vision meeting, which which was held with mainly I tr I tried to get all the Kubuntu council members, but we couldn't all of us meet at the same time, so we did the best we could. And we had our agenda. If you're, if you want to see the agenda, it's uh, on our wiki on community.kd.org/kubuntu/vision. You will see everything in there. The link is in the show notes. So the reason for this meeting was to meet up with the new Kubuntu Council. We had the elections recently, and write down the Kubuntu vision and discuss about who we are, where we're going, and why we are doing this. So why we are, why we create why we continue working on kubuntu uh, this was meant to be a discussion that was clear of all technical and very in-depth uh implementation details of how we do certain things the okay. idea of the meeting was to clarify uh, a few a few of the questions of uh, to clarify four parts so we had four parts there the project vision the team communication the community management and the project and project partnerships the project vision was mainly trying to answer three questions why are we doing this why are we working on kubuntu why do we have uh, why do we give our time and volunteer to keep working on kubuntu and keep creating kubuntu and continuing with it second question was what do we want to achieve by create by working on kubuntu or and the third question was who we are in the world this is basically a more complex question which was supposed to answer what makes kubuntu different from the other distros so what is kubuntu bringing to the table compared to other new distributions or older kd distributions or sorry that's wrongly phrased other Linux distributions that ship with KD software. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and we have a few answers to this to these questions, but I'm kind of afraid to open them right now because I don't know what Firefox will do right now because I have no more RAM left. Well, I think I think we can't I'm leave our halfway in my swap. So we can't leave Fox. our audience poised, can we? They, they, we've given them the questions now, but don't worry. Uh, wait till next season's episode when we'll give you the answers. Yeah. I'll, we can't I'll, do I'll try. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. so I'll give you the answers right now. So why are we doing this? We are we are we the Kubuntu team are doing this because we want to have a welcoming community of friends who create a friendly KD experience for all our users. And we are doing this because we want to have this community. We have fun doing this, and we like the KDE software. We like the uh, base it is put on, the Ubuntu base. That's why we're doing this. That's why we are motivated, because of the community, because of the users who support us. That's what motivates us to continue. What do we want to achieve? Or where is Kubuntu headed? 
we want to provide a stable distribution where people can discover KDE software and opt to get the latest KDE software if they desire so. So Kubuntu is not aiming to be primarily a continuous integration platform for, for KDE software. We're trying to provide a stable base on a stable base from Ubuntu to provide the latest stable uh, KDE software in, in that can be released in the same time as the Ubuntu release cycle. So we have that limitation. So, uh, and we're, we need that limitation in order to be able to provide a specific stable version and people can install Kubuntu and use, go with that stable version. If there's something wrong or some bug, then we have, then we can update and we'll ship updates and patches and whatever is necessary to fix some very various bugs that might not make it stable. But we also have in various ways of uh, deploy of, uh, I'm missing a word here, Rick, in various ways of shipping or giving or in various distribution methods, we have, we yeah, also okay. have and want to have the latest KDE software available for those users who want to have it. So that's what we're trying to achieve in many more words than I have written over here in the notes. Okay, last question. Who we are in the world? Who is Kubuntu in this world? Kubuntu is a friendly, experienced community with deep roots in Ubuntu and KDE. So if someone were to ask me right now, why would you, why would I choose Kubuntu over uh, Neon or over Netrunner or Chakra or I, I've heard recently about some other KDE distributions. Suza, for example. My answer, and I believe Suza, yeah. My answer, and I believe everybody in the Kubuntu community would agree with this answer and probably would say something this, like the same, would be because Kubuntu has a history of uh, working together with Ubuntu and KDE in order to ship the best software and the and most and the stablest and uh, the most tested. I cannot claim that it is the most stable or it is the most tested, but I can claim that we are doing our best to make sure it is. Can Rick, you feel feel like completing something to that? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I've been uh, around Kubuntu for, you know, it must be around 10 years now that I've been using Kubuntu. And um, uh, I used to use Red Hat and I used to use SUSE before that. And, um, and when Ubuntu came along, um, it was really great to watch the distribution grow and to see how easy it was to use uh, and how easily people got on board. But of course, I was a KDE user um, and had been using KDE for many years. So uh, I wanted um, to continue using KDE as the desktop. And uh, so that's when I found Kubuntu. And so then I continued to use it again and again and again and again, just Constant. I mean, I think I had one of my machines. It might be this machine here. In fact, yeah, this machine here, my server machine here, uh, is currently running Kubuntu 14.04, I think. Um, but it's been running that since Kubuntu 8. Um, and, um, you know, and I've just upgraded it and upgraded it. 
why have I continued to do that? Well, um, the short story is, is that it's a familiar desktop environment to me. Um, when I first left Windows, which is about 2000, 1999, I stopped using Windows. I, I like the Windows paradigm. I was used to that. So KDE um, fitted nicely with that transition for me. But most importantly, I love to play with technology, and that's useful and interesting. But I also have a responsibility to be productive. I've got to use a system that works for me. It needs to work all the time. It needs to, you know, it needs to work the same way it did six months ago, like it does today. And it's got to be really stable and reliable to make me be as productive as I can. And that was what I was getting. And that's what I do get from Kubuntu. Um, even today. So for me that, you know, where do we want to be in the world and what is our vision? Our vision of, you know, being an Ubuntu, the, the, the stable, the reliable um, base platform for people like me that want a KDE based op operating system that's rock solid that you can use in your business if you want to. And that's what I do do, you know, um, during the working week. Um, that's, that's where we are. So that's, that, that fits um, with me uh, perfectly. You know, it's really, it's really great. That's been my reason for doing it. So I, I think it's a good vision that we've got. Um, be nice to see some objectives as well. I mean, in my so mind, we're still we're still working on the best wording for this. Okay. Well, um, I mean, the we're very still fact that we the best words and how to express this, uh, we're not exactly on the final version yet. So uh, we're hoping to get the final version of the manifesto and then publish it on our website. Sorry, Rick, if I keep interrupting you, but there's some lag because of reasons. Sure, sure, that's okay. I understand, no problem at all. Um, so, um, yeah, so the very fact that we're asking those questions of our community and of our council of where we're going, I think that's great. For me, um, since I've got more and more involved in the Kubuntu community and um, been involved in uh, doing well we have me down as a community manager now and doing the podcast but I set out with a goal in my mind um, which is still firmly fixed which is that I want to see Kubuntu return to the top 20 on DistroWatch um, now we're down at about I don't know we're 40th or something like that down on DistroWatch at the moment um, but I believe that you know we can be into the top 20 and then i'd like to see that go to the top 10. um so you know this vision that we're setting out now this uh, this set of objectives and this manifesto for where we go in the future is is in, an important part of of doing that so I, I think it's very useful work so what's next with it ovi <coughs> so uh, uh, the next, we still managed to get in some talk about the team communication. And in this team communication uh, part of the meeting, we were supposed to discuss what are our communication channels for developers and for users, uh, the code of conduct if to make sure that every Kubuntu member has read it and uh, they know everything about it. Uh, when do should we use each communication channel? and why should we use that specific communication channel? And this is specifically for developers to know when to announce something they plan to do. Uh, and I've proposed 
a action that we should take as being the priority one and priority two for uh, that we should do right now i mean in the next following weeks which my proposition was to document the workflow in and that, what that would means that means is to document exactly how a cycle would work previously his, in his in kubuntu's history all this information was in our release manager and main developers heads so this wasn't documented anywhere because they were always in contact with each other they were as far as i know all of them employed to work on kubuntu and they all worked on kubuntu full time so they were always together and they always knew what's happening right now is kubuntu is not uh, supported by uh, employed people it's only supported by volunteers so for so we cannot have the same expectations from kubuntu as we had previously uh, in terms of how fast we can ship something that's why we really need to document everything so that whenever someone new comes in the documentation of the workflow is there and they know what to do what, what to do and where we are right now in a release cycle that's why i propose let's document everything and consider this priority one before we continue with everything else or while working on some on some things document everything and we started documenting this uh, but just an overview of skeleton of the of the process and we still have to go more in depth for this and uh, so we are planning a second part for the meeting the second priority that i proposed was to document to document how to set up a machine for development so uh, whenever a new contributor comes they have to set up their own machine for the uh, kubuntu development which would mean they have to set up uh, all the accounts they have to set up all the packages to be installed and all the settings ready and all the tools installed and configured for their account and all their uh, signature and all that and we would um, i would like to create a virtual machine or a script or some uh, or some container maybe in docker or some other platform with an initialization script that can load all the personal details which would simplify the loading and the coming on board the ramp up time would be a lot small smaller for new contributors this was my priority two proposal uh my third proposal was to implement implement a merge request system and a very strict protocol for any changes we do in the tools that we use so that if someone wants to change something it should be up for review for the other members and not committed straight into the master branch where everybody actually uses it especially not to be committed before everybody is informed of the change and why is that change happening yeah so uh that's the third thing that we proposed we had some of some some problems related to this recently uh someone was very eager to make some changes and to improve something on the tools and they just did it and or somewhat talked with the other developers but not fully understood by everybody what changes are going to happen and why and how is everything going to work and then the other developers got uh this, let's formulate it like this disturbed in their workflow and they couldn't work anymore because of those changes so 
that's why we need every change that goes into the Kubuntu tooling to be discussed and reviewed before integration. Next, we had, and this we haven't got to this meeting, but we still should go into the, in the next meeting. Next, we have project partnerships, and which would mean how uh, to clarify and have maybe some official statement of how do we partner with some other projects and how can we benefit from their help and how can they benefit from our our help so how can we uh, combine our work so we don't all work on the same thing for example uh, our partnership with kubuntu with ubuntu uh, we both need Qt and we both need a reasonably late or uh, recent version of Qt, if not the latest they package cute we package cute we should somehow combine this work and get and uh, don't uh, uh, what's the expression i'm looking for here rick can you give me a hand duplicate effort or something that's what i think i'm looking for again uh, and what's our partnership with kde uh, they already do some compiling and some testing how can we benefit from that and get some uh, and improve on our testing and our compilation our partnership with debian how do they test how do they change the packaging information and all that uh, and our part and partnership with neon we also want to have some kind of partnership with neon uh, especially on the continuous integration part so we can provide the latest for those who are uh, willing who, for those who want the latest so we still need to discuss and clarify all these things we want to have partners with and partner with uh, many projects that can help us and with many projects that we can help them through our work so we don't duplicate effort and we do uh, we become as efficient as possible as a project and the last part we want to discuss was community management and that comes into the uh, discussion about how the podcast is working how the podcast continues how the do dojos that uh, rick is organizing are working how uh, are we offering support and in, how are we responding to people in the various channels we have right we have right now so this is basically some things that i proposed we should discuss as soon as possible and clarify as soon as possible uh, right now at the beginning of this release cycle we've discussed some of them and we still have some to discuss yeah i'm done okay so uh one assumes there's going to be a secondary meeting then for this um and i know this this meeting was held on irc wasn't it um yeah do you think we could um was which was It was a productive meeting, but it would have been far more productive if we would have met face to face. That was that would be the top of the productiveness. Uh, but it's comparing to text meetings, online meetings with not necessarily video, but at least audio chats, it would be far more useful. For example, a big problem I'm having with text meetings is. I'm asking a question and I'm waiting for people to answer. Some people are not answering at all. Some people might be typing and might be typing a long answer and might take them a while. And I'm waiting five, 10 minutes and nobody's answering my question. And we just waited five to or 10 minutes 
waiting for an answer, which might never come. Yes, I understand. And <clears throat> there were just the guys in the chat room were saying that um, because of t some people having technical problems, one assumes that that's probably Flash. Um, not being installed on their machine and not willing to install it or something. Uh, it didn't happen in Big Blue Button, um, which is a shame um, because this would be a, uh, a, a this would be an ideal medium, I think, uh, for allowing you to use video if you want, use audio if you want, use chat if you want, uh, or a combination of. I think Ovi's frozen now for a moment, so I'll just leap in here and uh, and begin talking at random and say something interesting and unusual, like good stuff. Um, so, well, obviously we've got work to do there, and I know that uh, obviously I played. Uh, there's a role that I would play in the community management side of things um, as to how we move things forward there. Um, and certainly I have, uh, I can bring information to the table about the Kubuntu dojos. The dojos will be starting again. And, but what I wanted to do, but what needs to happen first of all is for the packaging guide to be put together into our docs so that people that come to the dojo have got a concise narrative that they can follow. Because what we discovered with the Kubuntu dojo to start with was that we just experimented with the idea to see whether some people would come along and get involved and indeed they did and what that did do was it generated additional people to come and get involved in the Kubuntu developer community and get involved and find a way in but they were still struggling and I as the dojo instructor or tutor was also struggling with the all the different sources of materials and different ways of using the tools and different tools in use and all of this different documentation and it was all completely incoherent now for me if i was struggling with that then for new people uh, makes it an impossible journey and it's desperately frustrating for them so we decided that we would get our house in order with that packaging guide and we wanted to do that well inside of the docs but once that's done which i've been continuing to work on then i will then i intend to start up the dojos again um, and then obviously to uh, use the Kubuntu Ninja Yellow Belts team on Launchpad to develop uh, new Kubuntu developers and to get them involved in the community um, so that the guys that have got the development community, the guys that have got the knowledge and are doing the developer development have got people that they can help mentor and, uh, and bring on with you know a reasonable uh, reasonable set of skills to start with at the very beginning of the journey um but there's a lot of other things i'd like to do as well i'm very interested in this project partnership um thing one of the things that i'm good at is just talking to anybody um in any organization at any level um, and being able to make those contacts and make those communications and then being able to present you know a nice pleasant face of kubuntu so you know, I'm talking to System76 at the moment to get somebody on here on our show for a discussion. Um, you know, partnering with other organizations, I'm you know happy to get involved yes. in doing that as well.
Rick, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yes. Okay, I cannot hear you. Sound is dead. I'll try to refresh. Sorry. Okay, all right. So, well, that's the Kubuntu vision meeting. Uh, so we'll segue at this point then, whilst Ovi's just trying to check out what's going on and uh, and uh, reorganizing and restructuring himself. Um, poor old Aaron. Um, I would suggest you don't put too much effort into uh, to editing this too much, Aaron, because uh, it's actually hard work and takes a lot of time to do the editing. <coughs> Forgive me. But uh, what we want to get into now, anyway, is our elevator picks. Now, I know Ovidiu has got a application that he wants to talk about, uh, but I've also got a little application here that I wanted to talk about, and I'm just going to see whether I can... I'm just going to change this layout uh, a moment. Am I back now? Uh, yes, you are. I should have said, no, you, no you're not. No, I can't hear you, uh, Ovi. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had I had to kill the stream because OBS was pushing at full HD, pushing to YouTube at at full HD and with thirty frames per second, which was absolutely humongous. Oh. and and it held a buffer in RAM and it just filled up and also filled up all my swaps. So everything killed, everything died. Okay, stream should be back online right now at a reduced. Uh, reduced uh, resolution and reduced frames per second. I'll try to check. I should be able to check right now on YouTube as well. Can someone please confirm that the stream is working? So I should, should be able to check it myself. I'm trying to check it right now. Uh, what I'm Rick, what I'm going to propose is next time I'll uh, get a separate machine to do the streaming and leave that machine do just the streaming. Okay. And meanwhile, we can do everything else on our own. Okay. All right. Well, that's fine. So, <clears throat> well, I've just segued anyway into uh, our um, picks, you know, elevator picks. What have we been playing with and using recently? And... Um, <clears throat> One from me, because um, uh, I'll, I'll start first, Opie, and then you can come around. I've just uploaded a screenshot here so that people can see. But um, this is a screenshot of a software-defined radio application called GQRX. Now, uh, it is available inside of the uh, software center. Um, but for sure, I know that you'll definitely find it in the Muon Package Manager. So um, Carlo Vani is the main maintainer of Muon Package Manager, along with me. I help a little bit with that, although, hands up, it's definitely Carlo that's doing the majority of the work. Um, but we've we stepped up to the plate to keep Muon Package Manager inside of Kubuntu so that you can use it. And you'll definitely find it in there. It's under the ham radio section. Now, what uh, GQRX does, basically, is it allows you to use uh, one of these small USB DVD dongles, which is like uh, the kind of thing you would use for receiving digital television. And, um, and you can connect that to an antenna. Now, with mine, I've got my 
my dongle connected to a long wire that runs right across the garden. It's about 60 foot long of wire that runs across the garden. And I've got that connected to an antenna matching unit here. Um, and, um, and what it allows me to do is um, it allows me to receive radio signals and to tune into them on all different bands. So I can tune FM band, AM, upper side band, lower side band, Morse code on carrier wave. And I'll hold this up to the, uh, to the, to give you an idea of size. This little box here is a tiny little box and there are two pieces of, um, hardware in here. There is a, a Realtek RTL SDR, which is one of those DVD DVB dongles. Um, and there is also a thing called Hamit Up. And what Hamit Up does is a, is a circuit that does basically frequency doubling. So it takes the low frequencies from the software defined radio receiver and elevate, elevates them, makes them higher frequency. So what are we looking at here on the screenshot? What you're basically looking at here is that this is showing that this tuner is tuned into six megahertz at the moment. So you can see 6.04 megahertz. And uh, in the main area of the screen, you've got what's called a waterfall and a frequency um <coughs> forgive me uh, a frequency waveform and that the spikes the up and down spikes are basically showing you where there is signal strength across this frequency band are uh, between f uh, in this particular case it's from five megahertz to about six megahertz um across that band and the the center of the screen is tuned to six megahertz so this is a radio signal that I'm now looking at on the screen on my Ubuntu desktop. And then below it, you've got a what they call a waterfall, which is a moving timeline that shows you how this is all modulated. And then what you can do is this comes through your headphones. So you can use the controls on the right-hand side to change the mode, AM, FM, USB, lower, upper sideband, lower sideband, etc. You can adjust the gain and tune your receiver. Uh, and then, of course, you can also change the frequencies like you would do with the radio. And, uh, and this is fantastic fun, right? Because with just something as simple as when I say a long wire, it literally is a piece of copper wire with insulator on it, and it's tied to the oak tree at the end of the garden, which is then strung all the way to the house and then connected into the back of this antenna modulator. Nothing more complicated than that. And I'm picking up air traffic control from the local aeroplanes. I can hear people in other countries having conversations. I can hear ham radio people tuning in. I can pick up DVB television. Um, and I can pick up all of these signals on my Ubuntu desktop using this GQRX. Um, so uh, the little dongles that I'm talking about are about $10, roughly $10 to $20. So very, very, very cheap. Um, they just plug into your USB connection, and then you can uh, use GQRX from the Muon uh, um, package manager or the software center to uh, tune into all your favorite radio stations and have hours of fun. So uh, that's my elevator pick. It's great, great fun. And uh, get one and have a play around. You'll enjoy it. Okay. Uh, I want to apologize for the interruption. Sorry uh, to everybody who got disturbed. We had some technical difficulties. I had to reduce the frame rate to which I'm sending to YouTube. It just filled up my RAM with buffer. Uh, so we are back right now with the 
with the feed. Sorry, just wanted to say sorry to everybody. Okay, uh, should I go to my pick? Rick? Sure, you can, unless you've got any questions about my software-defined radio stuff, um, or if anybody in the chat room has, then I can answer those. Uh, but uh, if not, then carry on. <clears throat> I have a question about it. How do you interface? What's the hardware interface that you have between the computer and the device? It's a USB. And, uh, okay, that's clear enough for me. Yeah, you, you've got a USB. I'm going to go into more details, but I'm going to go into more details, but uh, I'll bug you with those offline. Okay, cool. Yeah, you'll see if you uh, look for RTL SDR. In fact, I'll put a link in the show notes to rtlsdr.org, and then you'll be able to uh, go and have a look. And there's loads more information there about how to get hold of one of these things and how it works. But yeah, okay, awesome. tell us about your pick then. What have you got for us, Ovi? <clears throat> I'm trying to see right now if I'm going to screen share and use. Okay, there. You should be able... I have an application that I want to show. It has been developed by uh, one of our KD students, one of our students that participated at KD in GSOC this year, Google Summer of Code, and the application is named KStars. And just about an hour or two ago, it has been officially released. It's available right now on Google Play. Uh, first, I want to tell you something about it. Have you guys heard about the Google application that is uh, what's it called? Let me. Let me see again if I can show you something on my on my phone screen. It's called SkyMap. Probably you've heard about this. <coughs> uh, new version. Okay, ask me to configure. And if you look, let me increase the brightness so you can actually see something on this thing. Uh, okay, there you go. You should be able to see some stars and some constellations according to how I move the screen. Oh, yes, okay. I can. Yeah, okay. Okay. So that's uh, Google's Sky Map. It's basically an app, an app, a map application that you can rotate around and you can see the various constellations and uh, navigate your way through the stars and see where they are and locate certain things. That's basically all it does. And, of course, it's proprietary because Google. Uh, what this guy did was something like Google, like Google's Sky Map, but with a lot and a lot of steroids. With it's like this application has been has been pushed through the hands of a few uh, astronomy engineers, a few teams of astronomy engineers, and mm -hmm. after. It's been filled and packed with functionality. It's been put through the team, the a human interface guide, a human interface uh, team. Why am I having such a difficult time expressing? So let me try this again. This application is is built like it's been passed through the hands of some astronomical engineers 
and packed with functionality and all and options and everything you would want to do after that it's been pushed through the hands of human interface teams that would optimize everything to be as accessible and as available as possible and after that it's been pushed through a visual design group and designed this application to look as awesome as possible so enough promo i'm just going to show you the, the demo video this is the android demo video that's available on google play uh i'm not sure if it's exactly the same with the one i've seen before the release uh i haven't compared them but I recommend this application for anybody interested, even a little bit in astronomy. So here we go. So there's no sound. This is how it starts. The loading at the beginning takes quite some time because it's loading a lot of information and it's always, as far as I know, it's always up to date. It pulls all the information from some servers from many servers so that's why it takes some time but i like that we have the little kd logo up in the corner that that looks awesome if you want to see this in higher resolution then from what you can see it right now in the stream just find the kstars light application on google play and you will be able to watch the video there or even better download the application and use it on your device okay it should be loaded about now you can start a tutorial if you want, and it will guide you through how to use the application. So you can swipe from all the edges, set your location, and you can also set the location from GPS. It remembers where you, it knows where you are, and then it, show, it can show you the stars how they look from you, from your location. You have various filters you can add. Constellations, satellites, all kinds of stars, uh, the horoscope. You can toggle them on or off, of course. <coughs> you can change the projection system if you want to see it from inside the sphere or from outside the sphere or other these are all technical details that do technical words that i'm not very familiar with because i don't work in that domain but i would love to learn more about astronomy and i believe this is a great look great application where i can learn more and then from there go into more research uh you will see ah, this is what i was about to say you can zoom in and see actual pictures there he's tracking i believe the andromeda uh, galaxy he's tracking the andromeda galaxy yeah <laughs> you can see some information about it position links probably i think it was also wikipedia or something you can add logs and that's an actual picture over there you can change to view it as whatever's comfortable for you this is night vision And now you have all kinds of guidelines over your center point, so you can 
see exactly what you have in there. It's an absolutely amazing application. Besides this, you also have an indie control panel, which I'm not 100% sure what it, this is, but if it is what I think it is, you can connect basically to a telescope or something and have the telescope follow that, those specific stars. And this is a remote control. And have that telescope follow a specific star, which you give it from this application. I, I think this is what, what this function is, but uh, I'm not 100% sure, but it's awesome. Uh, also, you can uh, set it to track a specific star and you can keep the application open if you have it on a tablet or something and have it open and you always know where Mars is or something. You can find specific objects. For example, he's looking for Andromeda again. Center and track and there it is. You don't have to move around and circle around the map and find out where is it. You have a search option for that. M44, which I believe is a star. No, I. it's a cluster of stars in the PS's constellation. How do you pronounce PS's or that constellation in English? Oh, you also you can also set a uh, the time when uh, you want if you want to see how the stars looked at a specific time or from a specific location. It's amazing. Right now, I think it's set to follow a specific satellite. That's why it's moving. Do you know, um, <clears throat> can this uh, can this be interfaced to like a digital azimuth on, say, a, you know, a Dobson telescope mount or something like that? So it could control the telescope itself to, to actually track. I'm not sure, the sky. but I don't think, I'm not sure if it can. Probably that's what it was. I saw some IP connection uh, with some telescope simulator. I'm, I'm, I have no idea exactly what that part is. Uh, they haven't written. They said indie support, but I don't know exactly. It says it can connect to your astronomical equipment and control telescopes, CCDs, DSLRs, focuses. We filter wheels, domes, and your whole observatory. So I say yes. It should be able to connect. Now I just have to find out how I can... Now I have to finish my 3D printer, print all the parts, and uh, put all the gears and all the motors on my telescope, and then I can control my telescope from this awesome application and watch wherever Mars is. Maybe they want to put a plug-in so I can watch my neighbor. <laughs> That sounds really good. It really does. It, it sounds a lot of work has gone into that application. That's for sure. And I, I still um, can't believe this was done by a student in GSOC. It's so packed with functionality. I haven't dive. I haven't uh, dove. Dive. 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 Dove. I haven't dove. I, okay. I haven't dove into all the nitty gritty details of how this application was built. But it's an amazing application. Actually, I'm just going to click install right now. I don't know why I haven't installed it right until now. I just watched the demo video and I was like, <sighs> I kept drooling over it. So the logo, the interface, everything is 
absolutely amazing. <laughs> we just got something back from Valerie, who posted. Uh, Valerie's in IRC at the moment, and uh, she's uh, a stalwart of our community. She's lovely, and um, she's just posted the answer to my question. She said, "K Star demoed this for his lightning talk at the Google Mentor Summit and used the example of controlling a remote telescope to get an image from deep space." to impress your date at dinner oh yeah <laughs> oh <laughs> this will be the, an amazing the, the the first the first one not the first one of this evening but the first one of this evening in this particular language so valerie thank you very much for that cosa buenas all right so that's the end of our picks section, and uh, I think we're closing towards the end of our show notes now. Let's have a quick look and see what we've got left to move on to. Well, we I am... Um, give the second sponsor, and then we can go to some feedback we have from our viewers or our community. All right, great, Ovi. Let's do that then. Okay, here's our uh, note from our second sponsor. So uh, this goes out. It's a big shout out to the guys at Linode. Um, these guys provide an awesome VPS with super fast SSDs, data connection, and top-notch support. Um, they've been really great to us. Aaron organized this by uh, speaking to them. And uh, we've worked out a sponsorship for a server so that we can build our packages more quickly and uh, get this distribution out to our users faster um, now where you can instantly deploy and get a Linode cloud, ser cloud server up and running in seconds with your choice of Linux distro although we'd recommend Kubuntu and uh, at resources and node location they'll provide SSD storage 40 gigabit networks and Intel e5 processors a big thank you and a big shout out to the guys at Linode for working with us and uh, do visit their website, take a look at what they're doing, drop them a line and tell them that you heard about them from us here at the Kubuntu podcast. Nice one, Linode. Thank you very much, guys. We appreciate your support and help. Okay, Ovi. So um, not too much. Uh, I'll, I'll just briefly hit on the Kubuntu developer feedback because obviously we have a core meeting where we catch up with the developers and the community and... Uh, Right now, it's all quiet in Kubuntu camp because uh, we're just taking a breather, having uh, run like crazy to get Yak to Yak out of the door for our release. So no real news from Kubuntu developer land at the moment. All is quiet as we uh, rejig re and regear ourselves. But uh, I understand we've got feedback from the community, though, Ovi. Yes, we do. We've got an email from Tux Mario. I don't know why, but this nickname sounds very familiar. If it's a nickname or an actual name, I don't know. But I've heard this name before. Uh, I'll read his message. Valerie and the whole Kubuntu team. I used Kubuntu for many years. Since 2000, I used Linux, Mandrake, and then Kubuntu. So I want to thank you and congratulate you for your work and your distribution. I look forward every six months. Good luck and thank you again. Sincerely, Tux Mario. Tux Mario, good stuff. Good stuff, buddy. Thank you very much for that. That was really nice. It's just, you know, it just is great to get just a little note or a message or a post back on, uh, you know, on one of the social media channels or an email or something like that. Um, 
I don't know about you, Ovi, but it just makes me smile. I think it's fantastic to hear things like that. I'm very happy to see that this we still get these kinds of messages. We get lots of them on social media, especially on Facebook. But personally, I don't watch it that much on on Facebook. I watch more on Twitter for any feedback we, I get. Uh, Rick, I think you watch more on Google+. Plus. So each one of us has his own place where they're watching. Uh, regarding of Twitter, I would like to cover something that happened in the past weeks. Uh, someone, some Kubuntu user had Kubuntu 14.04. And if I remember correctly, that still uses KDE 4. It does. That's right. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and through a slip of ours, which I told the person uh, that it, after I found out what happened, we for, we did something wrong. That fourteen oh four users got a, a notification to update to sixteen oh four, which officially we don't support because upgrading from a KDE four to a Plasma five system was very hard to make sure that would go smooth. So we that's why we wrote on the sixteen oh four release page that we don't support the upgrading to this version from a previous KDE 4 because it might break stuff and it might break something different for every person. So it's okay. close to impossible to make sure that everybody gets a smooth transition. And our mistake was that we didn't disable this notification in 14.04. But to our defense, I don't know exactly if we can disable that since that notification comes from Ubuntu. And I don't know if we can disable that just for Kubuntu without breaking that for everybody else. Yeah, that was my thought, actually, when you just said that. I was thinking, ah, oh, well, how would you disable that? Because um, so, it's, it's done at the user's bequest. The user can set up what notifications and up updates they want. Yes, but an LTS release by default is set to get a notification to upgrade when the next LTS comes out. But mm -hmm. that's that all comes from Ubuntu. So we cannot. I don't think we cannot. We can directly disable that just for Kubuntu because, uh, and that person who, who I talked with on Twitter upgraded and something broke. And I asked for some details, and he replied with some information. He replied with some useful information, and he replied with many curse words. He was. I understand he was very pissed about the topic, but. What I wanted to make clear to him and to everybody else in the community, again, we are all volunteers here. We are not a company that provides support 24-7 uh, and are available 24-7 to everybody to solve everybody's issue. I replied, uh, I replied to him when I saw the tweets. I replied to him how I can help him, and I replied to him some official statements from Kubuntu and some... Uh, which I wasn't very sure about. I replied from my personal account, not from the Kubuntu account. And I replied as myself, because uh, his language pissed me off a little bit, and I tried to stay calm and reply nicely, even though he didn't talk nicely back. Uh, a bit, And after a pause, I saw his... I didn't get a notification for his new tweets, and I saw them only about a week later. And I, then I, when I saw them, I replied. I don't know what happened. Twitter didn't pop up anywhere for me. So I have had no idea about his tweets. Uh, 
And then I replied when I saw the tweets. And then he started complaining about this is what kind of a support this is. And this is disappointing that I reply after a week after he asked. And he got so pissed off that I asked that I replied to his tweet after a week. R- Rick, how would you take this? Ah, well, what I would do is um, he's talking to the wrong, he's communicating with the wrong team and the wrong people. What he wants is the K team. Now, um, basically, the K team are a bunch of mercenary software developers that broke out of a high security development prison back in the 1970s. Now, if you can find them and if you can contact them, the K team can resolve your issue. They have really rapid SLAs. Um, They will deal with your issues really, really quickly. And I know for a fact that in a case like this, if you buy them a jet ski, they'll definitely fix your Kubuntu installation. So contact the KT. Uh, A good point made in the chat here from, uh, what's his name, Hegemon8. He said, what support? There are notes on pages that this software comes with no guarantee. It comes as is, and he's right with this. Uh, We provide this. We offer support on a volunteer basis, but this is not a commercial piece of software. This is not something (laughs) that uh, you you buy the software and you don't pay for the actual software. You actually pay for the support. This is made by volunteers for everybody who wants to use it freely as is. If something's Absolutely. wrong, you're free to contribute. The, the, the last thing he's, I said to him, he said that there's some problem with how Plasma launches. He said that he has a black screen and he doesn't see anything. And I re- replied to him, try to create a new user from command line interface and log into that user. I couldn't spec- give him all the details in 140 characters that Twitter limits me to. Uh, why he should do that. He should do that because you reset all the Plasma settings and you make sure that uh, everything is regenerated from the scale for that specific user and it's new for with all the, pl- the Plasma 5 settings. I couldn't explain all that in a tweet. I just told him... Uh, but, you, but you shouldn't need to do, to do that. You know, look, it, his situation was very straightforward. All he needed to do was just recover his backup. I didn't touch the backup topic. The He replied, so I told him that in a tweet to create a new user from the command line and log into that user. And then he replied that uh, what something like, what a joke, what, what a sick joke or something like that. And uh, he said that uh, this is this uh, support is, I, I don't want to quote him exactly. It was very mean anyway. He didn't believe that that was actually what he should try. He thought I was making fun of him. Probably. I don't know. And since then, I saw that for, he banned my account and also he banned the Twitter account, the Kubuntu account from talking to him. And I asked someone else from the community to look out, look if he actually deleted all the tweets he made about Kubuntu. And they looked and apparently he's a, pl- a person who complains about everything. So probably he's a troll. I have no idea. Yeah, he probably is. But, and but, but for me, much. for me personally, I wasted the, uh, some time on trying to help him and seeing what errors he had and trying to solve him. Even though we officially stated that we don't offer support for that 
up for that kind of upgrade. So well, I tried to help him, <coughs> and still I got that yeah. reply. I just wanted I think, to tell this to the community so that uh, the community knows what we're going through when people try to be difficult. Well, I think you know. Do you know? There's just there's just a way to behave. Um, it doesn't matter. I don't think it matters who you are or what your situation is. There is a way to behave, and there's a way to treat other people, right? And to be to be respectful. And there's a lang certain language that you can use. And certainly, you know, in our community, in the Ubuntu community, our conduct and our behaviour and our lang the language that we use, we take it very seriously. Um, you know, I mean, I think in one of our earlier shows, hopefully it's been edited out, but, um, you know, we looked at a command line tool that had a rather um, nefarious name, and I won't repeat it here, but, um, but you know, um, Valerie and uh, Valerie told me off for, uh, you know, for being a naughty boy and, and using that command line tool. So the, that, the point I'm making is, is that there's a way to behave. And if people come to us, come to the website, if you're looking for help and you don't know where to go, come to the website and go to the IRC, uh, Kiwi IRC connectors there. You can get support from the Kubuntu team and the and the community and all of the group, um, but you know you'll get the best response from people if you just be direct with your questions, just ask people and speak openly, and be polite and be nice. Try to be as helpful as you can, and don't get frustrated, and certainly don't take your frustrations out on the people that are trying to help you, because that's not going to make them want to be enthusiastic about helping you, is it? Yeah, of course. Okay, so I'm done with this. So okay. I think we can go on. All right. So, well, do you know that, uh, of course, because Aaron's not with us uh, today, this week, then we haven't got our Linux gaming section, uh, which is a bit of a shame. Um, but I'm sure for the next show, Aaron will be back with us and we'll have that segment again. Um, coming up in future shows, we've got some interviews and some other bits and pieces as well. Um, but um, we're really looking forward to uh, uh, to uh, to getting uh, getting the three of us, the three musketeers, back in the driving seat. So hopefully, uh, Aaron will be here for the De December show. Um, let me tell you how you can get in touch with us here at the show and at Kubuntu. So you can contact the Kubuntu team. Um, our preferred place uh, is to join us at kubuntu.org on our website but you can also contact us on irc uh, you can find us at irc.freenode.net uh, the channel is hash kubuntu uh, the telegram groups for chat and of course uh, our telegram uh, te telegram messaging service you'll find me on there quite a lot and uh, we have an irc relay that connects the two up uh, on social media we're all over the place <coughs> Uh, whenever I reply, yeah, um, I do see. Uh, it can be, I can be, I can be jolly elusive. I'm like that. If, if I'm going to be a musketeer, I'm probably more of a scarlet pinpanel. Um, you know, a bit elusive. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so you can get hold of us on social social media, Google Plus. As I say, I monitor that. That tends to be mine. So uh, so I'll usually interact there. Uh, but you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, on Reddit and on LinkedIn. And of course, you can contact any of the Kubuntu team by looking for Kubuntu Podcast on Google Plus 
or come and subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, Kubuntu Podcast. Uh, we really like you to enc- we'd really like to encourage you to uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel as well, because um, we're putting a lot of effort into recording all of the shows there. All right, well, um, that's about all I have got today. So, uh, of course, Ovi, we've got no Aaron today, so the final word is going to have to go to you, my friend, uh, once I do my final sign-off. But uh, to the community and to the guys, and especially a big mwah to you, Valerie, and a big hug back for the massive hugs that you gave me on IRC. God bless you, woman. You're brilliant. You really are. You make me smile and you make me very happy because you're so warm and affectionate. Um, Anyway, I've really enjoyed the show. Thank you very much for you guys uh, all who joined us in the Big Blue Button conferencing server for all of your input in the community. Uh, It's really, really great to have you here and really good fun. All right. So enough from me already, but two left. Cosa buenas and good stuff. Thank you very much, everybody. I'm Rick Timis and I'll see you soon. Thanks, Rick. So thank you, everybody, for joining us for this show. Gavin JB just said that he likes this podcast. Thank you very much. We try to keep this podcast as a community podcast where people can join in and chat with us and some and maybe even speak if someone wants to speak with, with us. So it's a community podcast, interactive exactly, uh, with our community. We want to interact with everybody. We want to bring everybody in and uh, show them how we do stuff. And if they want to contribute, awesome. So, hope to see you next time and hope to see you during our uh, release cycle. So, I'm Ovidio Florin. Bye. Okay.